Thank you for tuning in to the latest message from Island Church, Dundalk. Praise the Lord. Our Wednesday night crew's getting bigger. Amen. Are we excited to be in church this evening? Are we expecting? Amen. Um, you know, God gave me this word um, over this past few weeks, probably even a couple of months ago maybe, just it's been building and building, and it's called the spirit versus the flesh, and it's just amazing how the Holy Spirit just kind of connects everything together, because even things that were been prayed out in prayer to things that were been prayed out there in service. It's just all very much in line with what I'm going to be sharing. And yeah, so I'm looking forward to it. But before I get into it, the Lord just kind of, as I was praying there before service, um, this wasn't this scripture I didn't even have in, in it, but I'm going to share it with you because I, this scripture I read a couple of months ago, and I think this is where one of the places where it stemmed from, where it was starting to just bubble up in my heart. And it's about, it's in John chapter 3, and it's John the Baptist speaking about Jesus when Jesus started to baptize, because John was a baptizer, yes? And it was when Jesus, when people started to come to Jesus and his popularity started to grow and grow, people started to go into him to get baptized, even though it was John that baptized Jesus, yeah? And John's followers came to John and were like, what's going on? In John chapter 3, I'm just going to read it to you now in a second, but it's like, what's going on, John? This, like, you baptized him, but now they're all going to him. It's like, they're doing you out of a job. He's doing you out of a job. And John the Baptist's reply was, just spoke to me in volumes. I'll take it from chapter, or, yeah, chapter 3 in John and verse 27. John said, A man can receive nothing unless it has been given to him from heaven. You yourselves bear me witness that I said, I am not the Christ, but I have been sent before him. He who has the bride is the bridegroom, but the friend of the bridegroom, who stands and hears him, rejoices greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. Therefore, this joy of mine is fulfilled. And verse 30 is what I want to share with you. He must increase, but I must decrease. He must increase and I must decrease. You know, if you're going to want to do something, if you want to do something for God, you're going to have to get your flesh out of the way. Because it's not about you. It's not about what you can do. It's about him. And John realized that. John didn't get insecure John didn't get, this is the same guy who said, I'm not worthy. His sandal strap is not, I'm not worthy. It's, he had an understanding of how how much greater he was. And we need to, that scripture spoke to me a couple of months ago, and I tell you what, I pray that every day. Because we still have a flesh to deal with, which I'm going to talk about tonight. And I'm definitely not going to go through this in one night, so it'll probably turn into a couple of weeks. But the, we have a flesh to deal with. And I pray that every day. Lord, I want to decrease 
and I want you to increase in my life every day because who I don't know about you but I can't do anything on my own I can't do anything of worth on my own it's all him our flesh needs to be put down and he needs to be lifted up so I just wanted to share that with you that wasn't on my notes but I believe the Lord wanted me to say that so praise the Lord so the spirit versus the flesh you know if you turn with me to Galatians because that's where I'm kind of going to be um, most of it but um, flick back and forth to different places but we learn to walk in the spirit we turn I'm just going to give you a quick synopsis of just kind of what we'll be covering at the start we turn from a natural self rule and let who we are in Christ dominate us instead it's not about what we want it's about what he wants it's about him living in us we must shift from walking by sight to walking by faith. Because when you're walking in the flesh, you're focusing on your five senses to dictate to you what your reality is. You're being carnal, and we'll get to that as well. We perceive our spirit by faith in God's word. We base our thoughts, our actions, and our identity on who we are in him and not on what we can see. We have conflict every day because our flesh is contrary to our spirit. It'll be a daily conflict. And if you just turn with me to Galatians chapter 5. And from verse 16 it says, this is Paul speaking, I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary to one another, so that, you do not, so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Each and every day, the battle lies in whether you'll be dominated by your flesh or your spirit. And I just want to read to you real quick before I get started, Romans chapter 8. You want to do something for God? You want to please God? You can't be in the flesh. Romans chapter 8, verse 8. Well, from verse 7. Because the carnal mind is against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. There you have it. So we need to strive to do walk in the Spirit and to be in the Spirit in all that we do. Amen? So I just want to talk to you a wee bit, if you pop back over to Galatians with me, I just want to um, give you a quick introduction to what I'm going to be talking about, because I'm going to be based in chapter um, 5, but just to, to get a brief understanding of like, what happened in the chapters leading up to this. And you know, I've been reading and studying a lot in this book lately, and it's such a powerful letter written by the Apostle Paul to the Church of Galatia. And... It was written when the truth of the gospel and what Paul taught was under attack. This group of people, known as the Judaizers, were trying to um, pollute the gospel of grace that Paul taught. That it was not by our works and what we can do, but by grace through faith in Jesus. 
the false teaching from these people were trying to place the non-Jewish believers back under the thumb of bondage to the Jewish laws, which they were already freed from. Okay, so if you read the, cha- the first few, like when you even he- when you read it, chapter one and chapter two, Paul's even tone in it. He's just so worked up by how they have go- so quickly came away from what they known. They started in the spirit, but yet they're back in the flesh. And like I said, I'm not planning to get too deep into this book in particular, or maybe some other time, but I do want to bring out some points from it. This book has been nicknamed The Grace Gospel. You've often heard that. Um, many times it has been taken out of context when it comes to the message of grace. It is not a book to justify your sinful life. That's right. Say that again. <laughs> it is not a book to justify your sinful life. And if you get a hold of um, what Paul was teaching and, and, and his character, you would realize it's quite the opposite. He was reiterating the message that we do not become right with God based on our works, but it is what Jesus done for us, and it is through faith in him that we receive the new birth. Through this grace, we are freed from the works of the law. It does not need to be mixed, like this group of people were trying to say. They were trying to get those non-Jewish believers to keep the ways of the Jewish law in order for them to keep their salvation. As Christians, we can partake in this freedom from religious bondage, which places the emphasis on what we do, again, all flesh, as opposed to what he's done. However, we do not use this freedom to live as we please. Paul made clear that justification, an act of grace through faith, should not result in a sinful lifestyle. Us as Christians have been freed from bondage to the sinful nature, and we now have the path of holiness open up to us. If you look at that in Galatians, if you pop back to chapter 2, in verse 20, it says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who lives, but Christ lives in me. Our sinful nature is gone. It has been ripped out and replaced with a new nature. You don't have two natures. The old one is gone. You have one, the new one, Christ's nature. We are not subject to those things anymore. And you know, many times today, unfortunately, just like the people back then, people find themselves in one ditch or the other. Yes? They either are trying to seek justification and approval by their action and works, or living like anything goes, because Jesus already paid the price for me, so I'm already purchased and redeemed, so I'm going to live whatever way I want. Like everything else, guys, we need to endeavor to stay on the middle of the road and have a balance in everything we do, because both ditches are wrong, okay? Our relationship with God is based on what we received by grace through faith, yes, yes. But as Paul explains at the end of this book of Galatians, which we'll get into deeper, it also results in a life walking by the Spirit. It results in that, or at least it should. We have a responsibility to walking in the Spirit. He says, therefore, walk in the Spirit. It doesn't happen automatically. Is the fruit of the Spirit... Can it be seen in your life right now? If you ask yourself that question, and we'll name them out in a while, but the fruits of the Spirit, are they visible in your life? 
Or do you find yourself walking by the compulsions of your flesh? Is your flesh dominating you, deciding what you do and when you do it? Constantly petting your flesh, dulling your spirit. We should be using the freedom we have to produce the right kind of fruit, not to live whatever way we want. If you look at Galatians chapter 5, In verse 13, it says, For you, brethren, have been called to liberty or freedom. Only do not use this liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. There you go again. The freedom we have that we gained in Christ should free us from what we want. Self-indulgence needs to be gone. And we should be using and only caring about what we want. Oh, sorry. Or, it should free us from self-indulgence and only caring about what we want or what we want to do. Because, again, that's flesh. We should be putting our flesh down and looking for opportunities to serve and love one another. Who knows your flesh doesn't really care about anyone else? Yes? It doesn't. So how can we walk in love as we're commanded, if we're walking in the flesh. Because you're constantly going to put yourself above everyone else. You're going to put yourself first. The flesh is me, 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 me. I, 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 I. We must increase. We must decrease. He must increase. It is the Spirit of God living on the inside of us, folks, that empowers us to live a life of holiness. We are called to be different and set apart. We're not meant to be like everyone else. We're not meant to be like the world that we were saved from. It's ridiculous when you think about it. You're getting saved, enter into a new family, entering into a new kingdom, enter into eternity with Jesus, and yet you're living like the way you used to live. No difference. In 1 John 2, chapter 15, It says, do not love the world or the things in the world. Because if anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. We do not love the things of the world and we should not love partaking in them. That's gone. That nature's gone. There should be a change in your lifestyle birthed from the change that happened on the inside. There's a change happened on the inside, yes? In your spirit, been made new, reborn. That should produce changes on the inside effortlessly. When we become born again, it is our spirit that is reborn, made new. Our Christian life then becomes learning to walk in the spirit. Because I'm going to speak to you a bit, and this is probably where, as far as we're going to get tonight, about we have three parts. In order to understand this, to understand that, oh, you're like, this is flesh, this is spirit, we're reborn, we're this, we're that, I'm all confused. We're made up of three parts, our spirit, our soul, and our body. Okay? And when you have an understanding of that, that's such a, let me just say, that's a foundational truth that we all need to know. Whether it comes to whether you're believing for healing, whether it becomes whether you're believing for breakthrough, when you want to do things for the Lord, 
no matter what it is, you need to understand the principle of spirit, soul, and body. Because it will stop the enemy from trying to confuse you to what's real and what's not real. Yes? Our Christian life then becomes learning to walk in the spirit, which is what? In a nutshell. When we allow our spirit man and what has happened on the inside dominate us more than what the flesh wants and what our five senses are telling us. Walking in the spirit, letting that dominate us. Galatians chapter 5 and verse 16 to 17. I'm going to read that again. I know I read it at the start. Walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. These are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Again, notice how he tells us here to walk in the spirit. It is an action. You know, there's always activity in the spirit. It's never dormant. It's never passive. There's always activity in the spirit. The flesh wants to sit back, relax, kick your legs up. You've done too much today. You know, just pet me. You know, you've had a hard time. It wants to do nothing. It wants to slow you down. It wants to stop you. And that's why the enemy uses the flesh so much. We are our own worst enemy. Oh, you know, the devil done this to me and he's making me do this. No, your flesh is making you do it. You want, you are letting your flesh dominate you. We have to make the decision that we're going to walk in the spirit and not the flesh. It is something that happens. It is not something that happens to us automatically when we become born again. Our spirits are reborn, but we have other parts to us that we must work at. And I'm going to speak about spirit, soul, and body this evening. Amen? Amen. If you turn with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Here we have in the Word telling us that we have three parts to us because you see sometimes there's a lot of confusion that people mix you know a soul and a spirit as the same thing and even we call it this I come up against this I found this last week and I thought it was funny we are um, you know we call when it comes to we are going out to evangelize we call it soul winning it should be called spirit winning not soul winning spirit winning and I'll show you that in a minute 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Three parts, spirit, soul, and body. We are a spirit. We have a soul. We live in a body. Yes? Our body is just the earth suit. We need it in order to live and survive on this earth. You know, we can't live on this earth without it. It is our passport for this earth. Our soul is our, conscious, our conscience and our mind, will or emotions. It is the inner part of us, our mental and emotional part. Don't mix 
your feeling of emotions and feelings as the spirit. Because it's different. That's your soul. Oh, I feel the spirit. I feel the spirit. I feel the spirit. And it's just feelings and emotions rising up. Because, and we all know we should never act on the impulses of our feelings and emotions, yes? (laughs) They get us in bother. Our spirit man, however, is our innermost being. It is the real us. Our spirits are eternal, guys. They don't die. They don't die. When your body, your earth suit dies, your spirit departs, and it's going to one of two places for eternity. It doesn't die. Where your spirit spends eternity depends on whether you know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. That's the difference. Up or down? Where are you going? When it comes to our body and our soul, we can feel those. Yes? If somebody shot you in the leg, you would feel that. Yes? You feel the pain. You feel everything else that comes with it. <laughs> if, somebody, if something happened to you that made you happy and excited, you feel that on the inside. It's your feelings and your emotions. If somebody does something to hurt you, You could feel angry, upset, betrayed, whatever. Feelings. You feel those. You feel those two parts. These two parts of you are dominated through your five senses. Our spirit man cannot be accessed in a natural way. In John chapter 3, just turn with me there for a second. Jesus was teaching Nicodemus. Now this was a like a very well-trained Pharisee who was very like well-trained in the law and he could not understand what Jesus was talking about when he mentioned the new birth. Didn't understand spirit, soul and body. There was a name, or in in chapter 3, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher that come from God, for no one else can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered and said to him, most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Yes, understand? Jesus was trying to teach Nicodemus that one must be born again to see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus, again, like I said, was an intelligent man. But Jesus was telling him that there is more to us than this earth suit that we can see. The real us, our spirit, is what is born again. What is born of flesh is flesh. What is born of spirit is spirit. It's two separate things, two separate parts. We need to understand that our spiritual reality cannot be based on how we feel the same way as it does with our body and soul that can be in touch with our five senses. Biblical truth cannot be discerned through our natural senses. You know, it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and verse 14, the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. 
You know, we'll get to mind renewal. Maybe not tonight, but that's part of it, right? But, you know, say, for example, you're believing God for your healing. And you're standing on the word, like we spoke about for weeks leading up to this, about faith. And you're standing on the word and you're taking what the word says about healing and you're confessing it and you're, you're doing it, okay? If you're looking to your body and your soul to validate that, you're going to confuse yourself, okay? This, the word validates. The word validates. Because, you know, oh, I'm healed, I'm healed, I'm healed, but you might still feel a pain, or you might still have a symptom. That's your body telling you. Yes? Your spirit man, your spirit man is healed, has the healing power of Jesus in it. Okay? We have all that we need in our spirit and in the spiritual realm, but it requires faith to receive it from the spirit and we receive it into our body. Okay? Our spirit cannot be accessed naturally like the other two parts. God's word reveals spiritual reality. In John chapter 6 and verse 63, it says, It is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. God's word is spirit and God's word is life. God's word is our spiritual mirror, as it says in James. God's word is our spiritual mirror. The word reflects who we are in the spirit. It tells us that we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. It tells us that we're the healed of God. It tells us that by his stripes we're healed. It tells us that we are blessed, favored. That's the mirror I want to be looking in. Yes? We may not feel like conquerors in our body or our soul, but our spirit is more than a conqueror because the word says it is. Our spirits were transformed at salvation. Okay? They were reborn and made new. Our bodies and our souls were not. Okay? We still have our earth suit. We still have our soul. We still have, you know, things that come against us. Jesus purchased our glorified bodies through his death and resurrection. Don't forget that, okay? He purchased our bodies, our glorified bodies, through, our death and re- through his death and resurrection. We will receive these when we get to glory. But our body and our souls are still yet to be redeemed. Our spirit man is, but our body and soul is yet to be, okay? And then if you just turn with me to Ephesians chapter 1. In verse 13 to 14, it tells us this. In whom you also trusted, after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. We have been purchased in full. Which means, even while we will wait for our inheritance, we have the authority... We have the power to speak to our bodies and tell them to line up because they were purchased. Why would you pay again a second time? So we do not go around and say, oh, you know, it's okay. 
to be sick because, you know, my body's not redeemed yet. So my spirit is, I get that, but my body's not. So I'm just going to bear this sickness. No, that's an insult to Jesus. Salvation was all-encompassing. That Greek word sozo does not mean forgiveness of sins. It is all-encompassing. Jesus took the stripes for your healing. He took... (laughs) Ah, He done so much for us. And sometimes we can lose sight of that, guys. It is all-encompassing. Don't be so narrow-minded. Don't be so narrow-minded. It includes freedom from sickness and disease just as much as it does from sin. It is purchased and paid in full. Our soul, the mental, emotional part of us, also has to be worked on. You know, we know that feelings come, thoughts come that are contrary to the Word of God. What do we do? We renew them with the Word. We renew our mind with the Word. We renew our mind with the Word. We renew our mind with the Word daily. You're not waiting to get to a certain point and then you're like, I know enough now. Because we're yet to be redeemed and those thoughts are going to keep coming. It says in 2 Corinthians... 1 Corinthians chapter 10 or 2nd, I can't remember. Casting down all imaginations. They're going to keep coming. You need to keep casting them down. Casting them down. Casting them down. When do you stop? You keep casting them. You keep casting them down. We work continually on renewing our mind, which we will get to a bit later on. The good news is, guys, good news. Our spirit man is perfect and complete. Okay? Our glorified body will transform our body and our soul, but our spirit man is just like Jesus is. I love that. (laughs) Everything we need is already present in our spirit. That's why people, like I said, it's so important to understand the principle of spirit, soul, and body because you're like, I don't feel like that. I don't feel healed. I don't feel blessed. Look what's happening. Your spirit, if you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, your spirit man has been redeemed and sealed and it is just as Jesus is, okay? You have everything you need in it. Faith requires you to pull that out of there, okay? That's where faith comes in. Genesis chapter 1 and verse 27 says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God he created him. Male and female he created them. Our spirit man was created in the image of God. You know, that was a scripture that I quoted since I was a kid. I learned in Sunday school. My wee girl says it. And I was like, I, I knew it. I was like, yes, I'm made in the image and likeness of God. And I'm looking around and saying, clearly everybody looks different on this earth. So how can we all be made in the image and likeness of God? It's not our physical bodies. Our spirit man is made in the image and likeness of God. We are one with his spirit. That's powerful. That ought to get you excited. (laughs) 1 John 4.17, this is one of my favorite verses. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we when we get to heaven. So are we in this world. Our spirit man is just as Jesus is in this world. You have the power that raised Jesus from the dead living on the inside of you. It's in your spirit. 
It's not in your body, it's not in your soul, it's in your spirit. Praise the Lord. Part one of us is complete, which is our spirit. Our salvation sorted that. Our walk consists, needs to consist to realize that that part has been perfected, okay? So we need to focus on walking in the spirit by working on the other two parts of us that hasn't been redeemed yet, okay? We go through that process of change by renewing our mind, not focusing on the physical realm as our only reality, but looking in our spiritual mirror, which is the word. Remember, the word is your spiritual mirror. That is how we see ourselves in the spirit. Um, I'm just going to share majority rules, okay? This is a cool principle. If you want to walk in the spirit and bear fruit there, you will need to renew your mind and get your soul to agree with your spirit. Two against one, okay? Romans chapter 12 and verse 2, if you just turn, turn there. It says, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's something, that's something we have to do. It's not something that comes automatically. That you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Here we have it, the word telling us that we need to renew our mind. Our soul is separate from our spirit. That's why we need to renew our, our mind, renew that soul part of us, our soulish realm. Our spirit already knows all things. It tells us that in 1 John chapter 2 and verse 20. Our spirit, we have an unction from the Holy One. We know all things. Okay? Do you feel like you know all things tonight? No. Our mind needs to be renewed with the word. Our natural mind. We have, and that's another scripture too I used to quote. I have the mind of Christ. My, you have two minds. Your spiritual mind and your natural mind. Okay? Your mind knows all things. It is just like Jesus. So when we get an understanding of the word through that renewal, it bears witness with our spirit and it becomes revelation. From this, our faith grabs a hold and power is released. It happens because we get two parts of us to line up, so the body has no choice but to line up because you've renewed your mind and it's like your spirit's jumping up and down like, yippee, yes, he's getting the word in. Bam, two against one. Your body has to, has to fall in line has to fall in line. That's why it's so important to renew your mind. It's so important to be in the Word. Not one foot in and one foot out and, you know, come to church here and come to church there. Renew your mind daily. It is a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. Like I said, if you're believing God for healing, your spirit already has that healing power in it. So when you renew your mind with the Word, which tells you this, something goes off on the inside Faith grabs hold, you receive your healing in your physical body. God intended it to be simple. It's us that, over, that complicates it. We complicate it because we're carnal. We're too much in the flesh and not in the spirit. We're dominated by our five senses. You know, I've seen this analogy that a minister gave, and it, it always stuck with me, and it was like, um, it's a pipe, okay? And imagine your spirit's on one side and your body's on the other, 
okay? And your soul is in the middle, it's the valve in the middle, okay? If that valve is turned tight, shut, you're not taking the word in, you're not listening, the power that's in your spirit can flow from one side to the other into your body. It's shut off. When we renew our mind with the word of God, that valve twists open. Our soul is what connects the two. It twists open and the power that's in your spirit can flow through your soul into your physical body. It all happens by renewing your mind with the word. Letting that word get deep inside. Letting that revelation knowledge, letting the Holy Spirit speak that rhema word to you. And it's like, bam, something goes off. Make sure your valve is turned to the open position. Renew your mind. Everything that's in your spirit can flow easily. Um, I'll just... Just give me another few minutes. Um, (laughs) I learned from you. (laughs) Um, Renewing your mind is something we do daily, okay? It is not something that you stop when you reach a certain level, like I said. The closer you get to him, the more you'll realize you don't know. It happened me. I thought I knew everything. Well, I didn't think I knew everything, but I thought I knew a good bit. And I realized I knew nothing. It doesn't matter how long you're sitting in church, guys. It matters nothing. Are you walking in the spirit or are you walking in the flesh? Are you renewing your mind? Are you being led by the spirit? That's what the word tells us. Maturity doesn't come by how long you're saved. It becomes by whether you're led by the Spirit or whether you're not. Um, Holy Spirit's always looking to reveal another layer to us through the Word. And we must daily renew our minds so that we can keep that valve open and our spirit man has free access. If you do this, if you don't do this, your soul would side with your flesh and your spirit will be outnumbered. You'll get calloused and you'll dull Dull, dull your spirit. It's still there. The power's still in there. But it's just you're dominated by your flesh too much that it's suppressed so much that you're walking in the flesh and your flesh is ruling your body, having the party, having a laugh, and your spirit can't, can't get access. It's, you've stopped it. You've done that. It's not anyone else. It's you. You have control over this. Um. I'll I'll finish with this part here. I just want to share this. Um, Carnal or spiritual, okay? Romans chapter 8 and verse 5 to 6. It says, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. To be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. You know, I reference this scripture quite a lot, recently especially, and it's just because in the past nine or 12 months, it's just gone off on the inside of me. Again, that revelation knowledge, it just came alive to me. And that carnal mindedness refers to your five senses. You're living in the flesh. You're been dominated by your five senses. So, you know, no matter what your spirit wants to do, you just you can't experience it because you're just like, no, it's not because I can't see it, I can't feel it, I can't taste it, I can't touch it, I can't smell it, whatever. And it's all physical realm related. 
You know, we're teaching our kids in Sunday school at the minute how to hear God's voice. That's the, that's the curriculum. Powerful. Powerful. And, you know, I even shared something that we were doing in an opener, like stuff that we can learn from. I'm learning by teaching them, okay? How to hear God's voice, okay? In order to do that, we first explained to them that they needed to understand that there's another realm than just the physical realm. There's the spiritual realm that's a lot more real than what we see around us. Everything else is going to fade away. Everything's going to burn up and pass away. The spiritual realm is forever, okay? It's a lot more real. We're teaching them that we use our five senses to communicate with the world around us, but they're not the be-all and end-all. They're only to communicate with the natural world. They're not anything more, okay? Your brain and your five senses can't perceive the spiritual world, but your soul can through God's word. So we need to renew our mind. Faith steps in and you can believe things that you can't physically see. You renew your mind, faith steps in, and you believe things that you can't physically see. We need to stop being carnally minded, walking in the flesh, and realize that we have three parts to us, a spirit, a soul, and a body. And we need to get what's in our spirit out into our soul and our body. And that's something that we can do. We have that responsibility. Okay? Amen? I'm going to leave it there for tonight. Um, because if I go any further, I'm just going to be here longer. So, uh, <laughs> um, so carnally minded brings death. Spiritually minded brings life and peace. Amen? Powerful. I'll just close with that. Heavenly Father, we praise and we thank you. We thank you for this time we had together. We thank you, Father, that you are faithful. There is none like you, Father. No, not one. You, Father, are worthy of it all. We praise and we thank you for this time. We thank you for, the, for your presence that was manifested in this place. Oh, Father, Lord, how we want more. Help us, Father, to walk in the Spirit. Help us, Father, Lord, to decrease our flesh and what we want and lift you up. Increase you, Father. Oh, Father, how we long for more manifestations of your Spirit, Father, among us. You being the, driving, the, the driver in everything we do. Being led by you, Father, in the little things and the big things, in everything. That is our desire. We thank you for the word, Father, that went forth tonight, Lord. We thank you for the truths that were in your word, Father Lord, that they go forth as seeds planted in the hearts of those people that's here and those watching online on the podcast. Father Lord, your word changes things. Your word is alive. Your word, Father, is what delivers people. And I thank you that that will be planted on good ground. I declare that now in Jesus' name. Good ground, Father, and will produce fruit. Produce fruit more and more and more and more. We thank you, Father, for each and every person. I thank you for each and every person here. Lord, that you <laughs> protect them, Father, everywhere they go. The rest of their week is blessed. Blessed, Father. And I declare, Father, Lord, that here at this church, we are covered by the blood, we are empowered by your word, and we are anointed by the Holy Ghost. Amen. We are so glad you could join us for our latest message. 
We are located right in the centre of the town and we would love for you to call in and see us. Details are on our website at islandchurchdundalk.ie